0: Ladies and gentlemen, stand here for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott, and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate?
0: Uh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, big week uh, this week, uh, coming off a local well, a rivalry match against Parramatta, which we unfortunately lost 32-10, to 10, but more closer to home. The NRL Bulldogs fans podcast had a special guest this weekend that you were lucky enough to record with.
1: Yeah, I must say, not, this is a must-listen to episode. When it gets released uh, later later on, must-listen and enormous. Uh, Daryl Halligan was the special guest. I was plastered over social media. He I uh, was, was lucky enough to sit down with him for almost an hour and have a chat with him. And some of the stories are funny. He's such a character. It's a must listen to episode. Um, yeah, I can't wait for that one. I can't wait for everyone to uh, be able to listen to that one.
0: Yeah, I had a sneaky cheek listen to the interview today. Uh, well done to yourself, Scott. Uh, it's a good interview, and uh, Daryl Halligan was really good, really um, funny. Uh, some good insights, insights, inside stories there, and uh, he uh, gave you a lot of his time. So thank you to Daryl Halligan for that. That one will be coming out in a few days. But Scotty, let's jump straight into it for this week. Well,
1: I actually want to start it off with a. Uh, a sad uh, news, actually, before we go into the game. Unfortunately, uh, Barry uh, Punchy Nelson, uh, who played 61 games for the Bulldogs and also was club president in the 1980s, uh, passed away. So our thoughts and uh, thoughts and prayers go with uh, the Nelson family and uh, those closely affected by the news. And, uh, you know, club president in the 80s. And he also played a game of origin in his career. So good career. Uh, you know, in a successful era the most successful era of the Bulldogs, no doubt was involved heavily in that. So, you know, our condolences go out to everyone who was affected by that news. And I will go straight into it. Unfortunately, uh, like you said earlier, Parramatta Eels 32 defeat Canterbury Bankstown 10 at stadium Australia. What's your thoughts? Like what, how do we start that one? How do we go into it?
0: Ah, uh, definitely took a couple of steps in the wrong direction this way, didn't we? Um, It's a hard one, because uh, the first half, I thought, was really poor. Really poor. Uh, And that's where we took our steps backwards. Uh, Yet, somehow, in the second half, we managed to get to a stage where we were somewhat within reach. Uh, And then, uh, final score was a 22-point loss. Um, Yeah, that first half was multiple steps backwards, unfortunately. Uh, Some of the... Yeah, some of the efforts weren't great. Really disappointing after... After the last start, Will. Mm. One thing I felt disappointed
1: about, I looked at it and thought, you know, last time we versus Para, they got a two-point lead on us. A goal kick separated us. There was another one where there only a try separated us. And history goes to show no matter where they sit on the ladder, it's close or doesn't always not, or an upset victory. It's always something that doesn't go to script. And if there was a game that ever actually went to a script where you look at the ladder position and said 32-10, would you be shocked a top four side beat a team sitting on the bottom of the ladder 32-10? You say, no, you're not. But Bulldogs and Eagles never go to script. And it's a game mm. that you don't have to really... Well, you shouldn't have to get players up for because they should already be up for it because they're vesting Parramatta. So my question is, how did we not get up for that one? Because I actually confidently thought, you know what? We can actually might cause an upset of the season here, the sense of the ladder. Not, mm. I wouldn't have been shocked if we actually won that one or, you know, pushed them into golden point or whatever or lose by two. Because we always seem to get up against Parramatta. Uh, we talk about stories. You, the Darrell Halligan uh, goal kick in the 98 uh, prelim final. What sent it to extra time. You talk about the 80s. They're dominated by both clubs. Uh, you know, we love to hate each other. It's, it's, that rivalry is massive. And it usually takes n- no thing. So what happened for none of the players to actually be up for it? Was it a coaching thing? And after a win as well. You you should have had belief that they won. They can actually start winning games. You're up against your rival. That should be enough to bring you up. I thought, wow, we're actually a good chance to pull up an upset. And we dished out that. That is mm. I would say that's embarrassing to say the least, because where, where did it go wrong this week? How did you they should have been confident they should've been buzzing around training all week because they won the game. Then two, they should have been licking their lips because they got Parramatta because they Yeah, we haven't won the last few games against them. I don't know the exact uh, thing, but we've always pushed him to the end. We've always made it so uncomfortable, but that night I've n- I have think I said to someone <clears throat> actually might have been you when we're sitting there I've n- I don't think Clint Gufferson had an easier game in his career Every time he touched the ball, everyone was backpelling against him. We were giving him a 20 metre head start almost every time he touched it mm. He might have had the great stats, but he could credit that stats to Bulldogs' poor defence They weren't mm. even trying to put any pressure on him We never looked to put pressure on any kicking except for Dylan Napa he didn't last long, and he got pinned for it. But we, didn't, we weren't up for it. We We didn't want to play. We didn't want to play tough. We played soft.
0: Yeah, especially that first half.
1: Yeah, that first forty minutes. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> you got to say first things first, though. Big difference between playing Grindla and Parramatta at the moment. Parramatta are one of those top five sides. After watching them on a bit of a side note, I don't think they're they're not as good as Penrith, Melbourne, um, or Souths. Cool. Rooster watching them in person. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen Roosters in person this year. Anyway, oh, <clears throat> that's, okay, that's, that's on yeah, a side enough. note there. Um, yeah, look, there's a big difference between playing Crinalla and Parramatta, as we all know. I think the most disappointing bit about the game was the start. You know, if we start 20% better in the first half and don't let it try in straight after half time, you know, it could be a completely different game. I'd say from an emotional level, though, um, it would have hurt a lot more if we we came close and lost at the depth, especially against power Yeah. Um, you, you buy into it, obviously, emotionally, and then uh, to lose closely would be would be annoying. Hopefully, um, the win against Cronulla the week before, the performance in the first uh, 20 minutes of the second half uh, is something that we can build on. Hopefully, they got confidence of losing to power by 22 points, but hopefully the confidence comes when they look back at the tape uh, a couple of days ago and go, you know what, we were actually in it. Partly for the second half.
1: Well it, actually... we,
0: play, we played that badly.
1: Yeah. we're
0: we'll... Within striking distance. So hopefully that brings some confidence. Up against the Dragons this week. A bit uh, hot and cold. They're on a cold streak at the moment. Um, hopefully we can get the two points.
1: Mm, well, I was driving back, and I actually 100% agree with what you said earlier, and that uh, when I was driving back from the game, I said, oh, thank God we didn't versus Melbourne and play like that. We played much... Ignore the scoreboard. And when Melbourne put 50 on us, we played much better against Melbourne and we played much better against South, I believe, even though the scoreboard might not paint the picture. Where I 100% agree with you, Souths and Melbourne are a much better, I think, a much better side than Parramatta are. And I was like, thank God it was the Eels. Because if we versus Penrith and played like that, and that's another team that we played better against, and maybe we didn't score points against them, but Penrith, Melbourne, and South this year, I think we played better against them. And yes, the scoreboard was much worse, but I feel like there was a more, there was better effort than that. I felt like the first half there was some, uh, I don't know, it was lazy particularly, effort.
0: Or... Particularly against Melbourne and Souths, I would say.
1: Yeah, we've yeah. had much better. Even though we got thirty-eight nil, and Melbourne scored fifty against us this year, mm. I actually left the Melbourne game feeling somewhat confident that if we play like that against a lot of teams, we can actually win. Um, against Souths, we had that really good twenty-minute patch. I said, thank God we weren't versus them two, or Panthers at the moment, who are running hot, scoring points for fun, uh, because I said that, and I think Brett Arthur said it actually after the game as well, I know we don't speak too much about the opposition coach, was that his first thing was, we need to be much better if we want to go further in the competition, mm-hmm. because they gave us too much, and we could only get 32. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, I think the Parramatta if just probably, uh, I think they've At this current point, not a premiership threat. Um, They should have put 50, the way the Bulldogs were playing, on the weekend. Um, But, yeah, it was disappointing because I actually thought going into that game... I did tip the heels in the tipping comp, you know, (laughs) if you're going up in points, but I actually thought at the game, the feel, it felt nice. The atmosphere was pretty good. It was... uh, um, I thought, yeah, we could actually upset this, and how could that be? Um, But, yeah, we... Lose by
0: 22 points,
1: and mm. it's been a while since we've done that against Parameta.
0: All right, I don't know if there's much more we can go on about there. Shall we go straight to the points?
1: Yeah, I think so. We, I, uh, have we got the same for the one point
0: here? Yeah, we did, didn't we? Um, no, sorry, we didn't. Oh, okay, I'm just, just fixing up. I, I just realized I gave one point to two players, instead sort of two points to one player. So you go with yours first.
1: Yeah, so I've given my one point to Ava, CMNFN guy. Uh, the bell and tackle on Sean Lane and then the the, uh, the shout, you could hear him from where he was shouting and he always uh, pushed Bradley Deeds back to the interchange bench after he got that tackle in how uh, pumped he was. One of the interesting things I actually might bring up after that tackle was that Parra broke the scrum early mm. and the referee called a pack scrum again and then they got it, and then they pushed back um, Corey Allen back into the end goal. So interesting one that we should have got a penalty for and not a repack. But anyway, obviously, my fan guy did 12 runs for 99 metres, 41 post-contact minutes, 30 tackles, and not even a missed tackle. So there's my one point
0: for this week. Yeah, and two points.
1: My two points goes to Jake Averillo. Uh, I don't really have stats reasoning why. I thought his kicking game was actually pretty good. I'm not gonna mm. I don't have any stats. he looks more he looks dangerous. he's probably our in inform half at the moment. Uh, so I'm gonna give him the two points. I think you know his king game from round one to now. I think that Melbourne storm game was a really big turning point. I think a confidence booster when he kicked the 40 20 against Melbourne and made Papppenhouse drop the ball. He's got a bit of variety
0: in his bombs, which is good.
1: And he you can see the... to,
0: um, added an extra 10, 20 meters into the sky on those bombs. Yeah. Sure he wasn't doing, doing that a um, couple of weeks ago, let alone last year. Just sitting in the stands watching those kicks go up, just like, far oh, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Where and did that guys, come from? When you saw and drop the ball and he kicked the 40-20, mm. uh, I still think that was his best game and even get a point. That's the reflection of the Bulldogs this week. Yeah, But his kicks, you can see... Um, I, I don't know if it was... Something I feel, feel like I noticed was that uh, Gufferson, when he was catching some of them, you know... I felt like there was much more attention, much more worry compared to Kyle Flanagan's up-down kicks. It felt like they took that with ease and running, returning back pretty easy. With him, they felt like you know the ball was going higher. They had to look at the footsteps. You know, there was more chance of collision when uh, Avrilo was kicking the ball. So I feel like he deserved um, more. The fact that he got the two points, I feel like because we we'll, we actually played that poorly, I feel like I've probably given him the two points based on the couple of weeks
0: ago performance and he's in. He's an overall improvement in the five-eight position so far. Fair enough. I gave 1.2 Corey Wooddell. He was going to get my 2 points, but uh, 5 missed tackles. locks him down a peg for the 1 point. He took 14 runs for 130 metres, 52 post-contact metres, which was the most of any starting forward for the Bulldog. 130 metres was the most run metres of um, any forward as well just, <laughs> uh, by any forward as well. Uh, and he made uh, quite, sorry, I'm just trying to get my phone to work here. He made 43 tackles as well. So pretty solid effort, five missed tackles. Uh... Actually, he made three missed tackles. I'm all over the place here. Five missed tackles to Chris Smith. So I'm going to change it. Corey Woodall gets two points. And uh, LRC and guy, I've given one point two. point Scotty. No, no, we do get the same one point up. So there we go, yeah. Not prepared this week for that one. Um, it's hard when really I'd like to give out no points to anybody. But anyway, <laughs> no, I, I to agree with you. I uh, will roll on them. No, I'll me. just uh, update the top oh, uh, yeah, top couple of players. Luke Thompson's on 14 points. Dallin uh, Wassilajzlezyak on nine. Nick Meding on six, and then we've got a host of players: Nick Kotrick, uh, Kyle Flanagan, and Jack Heverton on five points.
1: Does suspension ruin ruin someone's
0: season? Oh, you want to take points away for suspension?
1: <laughs> no, I'm joking. The five matches or the four matches you got, whatever it was, I can't even remember now, to be honest, uh, is enough. We'll we'll, to... we'll
0: we'll just take the games out counting. Yeah,
1: that's a hard We'll take
0: away two points per suspension game now.
1: Yeah, it's, we never said it was best and fairest. We just said it was the best. best. But, <laughs> yeah, it was never best and fairest. Uh, we'll move on this week. You've already mentioned we've got the St. George Illawarra Dragon Sunday afternoon, Mother's Day. These two teams seem to find a way to play each other on Mother's Day, funny enough. There's been a few in the past couple of years. Uh, like you said, the Dragons are in a bit of poor form. They've hit a cold patch at the moment. They lost to the West Tigers. Uh, some were saying, well, up there with us as one of the, the worst team in the competition. Uh, they lost at home, the Dragons. Uh, they've lost, what, three in a trot. Uh Another talking point in this game, the Bulldogs have yet to lose a game in Kroger in 2021, which the game's being played at this week on Sunday afternoon. You know, we beat the Sharks there in a trial and we beat the Sharks there for our first NRL game. So it must be a give, must be a gimme tip. Yeah. Um, Watney Zalesniak goes back to fullback in this one. You'll run for the team list shortly anyway. Uh, Nick, Nick Meany will play his 50th NRL match as well this weekend. Uh, no doubt the Fords need a lift. Dylan Arpa couldn't finish off the game last week with a shoulder injury it has been announced in the team list as well, which we'll go through shortly.
0: Yeah, he took that, uh, that injury in the first tackle of the game and tried to fight on. Yeah. So he lights it 15 minutes all up. The first tackle of the game, uh, he took the first hit up. So there you go.
1: Mm, yeah, and so yeah, the Fords definitely need a lift when Luke Thompson's making 19 metres or whatever it was at halftime. And... Let's. We're not having a because he's been probably well. He's our best player of the season so far, and he missed the start of the year. And he's leading the uh, our podcast player of the year quite easily. He, you know, just didn't have the game. But not just them need to lift. I think the whole team generally needs lift and defence. That was pretty easy the way they let Parramatta just run all over us. So
0: there's well, definitely a lot to work on this week. It starts with the forwards, doesn't it? Because yeah, that was the major difference. Uh, oh for- yeah the first half of the Parramatta game to the first half of the two games previous. That was, the, that was the major difference. All right, Scotty, in 1967, cast your mind back, the Bulldogs upset in the St. George Dragons, knocking them out of the semifinals, ending their 11 premierships in a row, ending that run. Well, this weekend, they're celebrating 100 years of the St. George Dragons, Part of the St George Illawarra Dragons, they're wearing the red and white butcher stripes, and it's time to ruin another St George celebration.
1: Yeah, I like that. I, I like that link. That was really well. Well done.
0: Out <laughs> <laughs> at Congra, as you said, we're undefeated. And uh, it, it is um, time to go through the team list. As you said, Dallin Waterlayz Lesiac moved to the fullback uh, with contract joined on the wing by Nick Mealy, Hopper Five missed tackles last week, retains his spot in the team. Corey Allen is the other centre. Avarillo is the half, part of the half pairing with Kyle Flanagan. Up front, it's uh, Dylan Lapa and Luke Thompson again. Cieli Katoa is the hooker. Elliot Smith in the second row with Corey Waddell at locked. On the bench, Bradley Dietz. Renoff Atoni, Ava, Cina And Matt Dury in the reserves for this week. Bit of a change up. Lachlan Lewis, Joe Stimson, Tui and El Hickey Ogden. Referee Ben Cummins. We've got no chance.
1: Oh, no, <laughs> we've got a chance. We've got a chance. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think about Dallin watching these going back to fullback?
0: Well, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but it's definitely a good move for Dallin. Mm. Like, he definitely plays better at fullback than he does. Um, on the wing, I like those hard-running returns from long kicks. Reminds me a little bit of Karma Hunt back in the day when he was uh, young at the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, and I feel like that really gets us off to a good start of the sets, and that might be part of the reason why the shift has been made. Nick Meaney's been a pretty solid player all year, though, uh, and I feel like he plays better at fullback than wing as well. Um, I like the balance a little bit better, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to actually say that because I feel like if we
1: we dominated in our forwards a lot more, which we haven't we haven't done all year. Nick Meaney's probably your fullback. Probably he's probably got an all, more all round finishing stuff when you're you set plays at the end of the in the attacking in the attacking zone. I uh, he, he's developed a you know a bit of a pass. He can run. You don't know what Nick Meaney's going to do, and the the. The uh, issue with uh, Dallin, uh, he tends to just run through anything, really. He just tries to run through anything. So most of the time when we're doing a set play, Dallin will try to finish it off with running himself to go through, which happened a lot, which was one of his critiques when they put uh, and Hop- when they were switching with that, Meany and Hoppawade. And Hoppawade's Hop- Hop- biggest critique was that all he did was pass. He would never go for a run. So everyone knew that you didn't have to watch him. And with Dallin, you knew you could, you know... He's gonna to try to more than likely run than swing. The Nick means probably the more round fullback where he could put a pass in or uh, run himself. He's got the danger with both, but when it comes to balance of our team, when our forwards aren't winning the battle, Dylan uh, at the back produces more. You know, go forward and good starts to set to help him out, give him a bit of a uh, you know piggyback.
0: Yeah, Talk and I'd like, to see, I'd like to see Nick Meadey come in a little bit more too. If he's going to play wing, let him have a bit of a roving commission come into the middle of the field while we're on attack uh, yeah, from yeah. time to time and do a little bit of uh, work around the ruck there, like Hazem used to do a tiny bit of.
1: Yeah, I would. I like that. and Yeah, I would like that because, you know, if we did one of those plays, you can. you know, doesn't always have to be the actual fullback, you know, to have to be that person who does that you know, that final pass or, you know, or the final run to go for the try, mm-hmm. you can always, you know, get Nick Mini running off the wing and doesn't mean, he, you know, he just does a set play, that one play at fullback and then, you know, goes back to his wing after it or whatever and comes back for another another play. I actually like that idea because, you know, he's got the more around thing. And then first of all as well, when he actually touches the ball, you know, what's the uh, number five uh, doing uh, in the middle of the field? Or what's the number five doing mm-hmm. here and Kotrick's on the other side? Like... Right next to him, you know, <laughs> It sets alarm bells a little bit, and you know you get a bit worried because you're like, "Well, we weren't we weren't thinking of that at all." But yeah, I like that idea. Uh, can we win? Yep. Uh will we win? Yep. Yeah, I'm actually gonna <laughs> say this. The way I was watching the West Tigers versus Dragons game, mm. believe it or not, that was a interesting game. You know, no, I always but... like to focus. No, the interesting part was the winger, the young winger. <laughs> And the, uh, the crowd.
0: Oh, uh, give him a haircut.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Mitch and Bridgetts Jr. <laughs> what yes. I was going to say, the game was so poor and good on the Tigers for winning, which I was like, damn you, Dragons, couldn't do a job for us and get a win because, you know, now we're the only team on two points. Mm. Uh The game was so poor from both sides that... It was pretty. It was a pretty bad way to round, it, uh, finish off a round of footy. Um, that the Dragons actually made the Tigers look half decent, and mm. the, definitely wasn't that the case. Uh, the Tigers probably could have been much better. I mean, you got to when you're like us and like them. I guess you got to celebrate any win. I guess it, it, you celebrate the win first before you start working on what you're you're good on. But the Tigers could have been better. There could have been a lot, lot of different things they could have done better, and they still got an eight point victory. Now, if we play like we that 20-minute patch against South for a longer period or we play like we did against Cronulla that 40 minutes but, you know, stretch it out for 80 minutes or at least 70 minutes and the Dragons play anyway similar, we might walk around with a pretty comfortable win.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. But any, any win I'll take. Oh,
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what like, the Tigers, that, um, you know, they took any win. But mm. I think deep down they go this week and go, you know what, we could have probably got another couple of tries on them
0: because that's how poor they were. I mean, they were po- suffering from injuries. I was pointed out earlier this week, we're only two wins away from the top eight.
1: Yes. Uh, did you see the NRL 360 where they highlighted mm. teams? We're still in a chance. It's <laughs> the final, so... I mean, the Titans are doing a good job keeping everyone, like, you know, the bottom teams, in with a chance. Mm. So we'll go on to lower grade watch now. Uh, the Mounties defeated the Eels 34-26,
0: uh, goal-kicking the difference, so Brandon Wakeham, well done on that one. Uh Look, the- Lewis had a good start to that game. I watched the highlight package. His kicking game was really on song. A uh, couple of nice little touches as well. A uh, couple of defensive errors though, uh, even showing up in the highlight package. Um, Parramatta taking him on, uh, going down his side of the field, uh, which is a little bit of a worry. Uh, but I felt like uh, just looking at the highlight package that he started off strong but fell away.
1: Yeah but good to see him back on the field. It's been a while since he's been playing. It was meant to be uh no he was meant to be back a couple of weeks ago. Uh it's been a while so it's good to see that he's back on for him and good to see that he's no longer suffering from any uh the concussion that was a bad one against South Sydney a couple of weeks ago. Uh they the Mounties are going to take on the Dragons. Uh the Mounties are now sitting in 6th place. It's a little bit disappointing because a couple of weeks ago they were in the top 4, you know, looking good. The Mounties well, they're coming sixth. The versus the Dragons, who are currently sitting tenth, that is at eleven forty at Strata Dribble League. That it will be before the uh, Bulldogs and Dragons game. So there's a bit of footy out there. Jersey flag. The Dragons will also. Oh, sorry. The jersey flag. The Eels twelve defeat the Bulldogs eight. This is the game I want to talk about. Stop coming to games midway through. <laughs> We're winning that for the whole game until the end. Anyway, so it, so the Eels won that one. So that the Jersey Fleakers, the Dragons are sitting in fourth, they versus the fifth place Bulldogs. They'll play a Saturday Saturday at eleven AM.
0: Maybe I wouldn't come midway through the recruited razor if uh we had a little Worlds Cup team play.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 the Harvey Norman women premiership, the Mounties fifty-four, defeat the West Tigers zero. Comfortable win, I guess, for the Mounties there. They will versus the uh They're currently coming in second. Their Round 9 clash is on Saturday at 12.30pm against the Saints at Samaria's Leagues Club. It's all up to date with what's happening in the lower grades.
0: Fantastic. So to finish up the
1: show this week, which has been quite a quick show, actually, for our standards, uh, some unfortunate news happened on Saturday night. The not our loss, the actual game after with Newcastle Knights uh, <laughs> hosting the lose, we lost so instead of yeah. uh, doing an old dog, I guess you can call it an old dog if you
0: want to uh, yeah. we-, we could we've done an extended old dog This coming out soon, Scotty with Daryl Halligan, but let's uh, to touch on the upsetting news of former Canterbury Bankstown Bulldog yeah. player, Brett Morris.
1: Yeah, so f- Yes. Like I was saying, former Bulldogs, player. if you haven't heard, which you should have, because you'd be living under a rock if you haven't. Former St. George, the Dragon and Canterbury Bankstown Bulldog, Brett Morris suffered an ACL injury against the Knights right at the end of the game, right at the depth of the game. Sad news is, uh, Brett Morris will be turning 35 this year. Uh, you know, playing some really good footy. He was leading the uh, leading the try scoring list, and he probably leader for a couple of weeks to go. That's how high up he was. Uh, Suffered ACL, which looks like the end. We hope it's not. Fingers crossed that Brett comes back next year, wherever he if he's playing wherever, even if it's in Super League. But to put be a realist, you know, it's a nine usually a nine month injury on average, could be up to twelve months mm. injury, which caused the season out. The Roosters, you know, suffering a lot of injuries. You know, you never feel sorry for the Roosters. But, you know, if you could go for it, if you could ever go for the Roosters in a grand final, it would be a team with the Roosters with Brett and Josh Morris in it, winning a premiership together. The, the twin brothers, they've been an absolute role model. Uh, both the Morris boys, but Brett's been a role model uh, for the game. He's been an ambassador for the game everywhere he's gone. In his career, he's put 110%. He's always been someone that made a difference. You remember uh, before the, the wingers? He's uh, a very much a superstar winger. We, we said before, I remember people talking about, where's the superstar wingers? At one stage, Brett Morris was it. it was He was the uh, whatever I wanted to be, that type of winger. Great finisher, great teammate. Uh, great on fan days, member days, if you ever went to them and was lucky enough to meet brett morris you'd get to know how lovely he was with the fans uh, how much he treated it how much he enjoyed those type of days um try scoring freak leading try scoring in his family which is a big thing to say when you've got your father slippery morris and your twin brother josh who's they score him for fun it's just a really sad day uh when you heard the news, you kind of hoped it was something else. You you knew it was going to be an ACL, but you're kind of hoping they misdiagnosed it and there was only a, some sort of knee injury. he would be back in six weeks and he'd go on and finish his career on his own terms. But, yeah, I just thought we could just, you know, touch up on some of, you know, maybe a favourite moment or something or, you know, yeah. something that you... What would you describe Brett Morris as? Like, as, it's you a
0: know... A real sad way to end the career of somebody that will go down as a legend is a second... Most prolific try-scoring winger of all time. Only the great Ken Irvine uh, is above him. Uh, you can talk about greatest ever wingers in different ways, and that's probably not something we can get in or want to get into at the moment. Uh, he's the ultimate professional, wasn't he? And when you think of Brett Morris, you just think of the um, well, the amazing tries that uh, he scored. Like you've seen them on the highlight reels. Of, Having the whole body over the dead ball line with the hand in, and he was able to do those type of things. He also did the tough things. Great defensive winger as well. Did the hard yards out from the back. Never let anybody down. Uh, I think he's been relatively blessed with injuries too throughout his career. Don't think yeah. he's suffered too much. I think Josh has had the worst. Josh Morris has had the worst of it out of those two. Um, so real sad way to let him go, uh, for him to leave the game. Uh, but when you think of Josh Mor- uh, Brett Morris, the, when you think of them together playing for Origin, for New South Wales, that game where they were both busted and just kept yeah. going. Uh, shoulders were left 40 metres behind. <laughs> that type of thing. Trust, they, just so kept, integral, yeah. they just kept going. Um, incredible. Ultimate professionals, both of them. Uh, it was really touching to see Josh uh, in the sheds with him after the game with an arm around him. Um, but, yeah, sad way to see... Brett Morris going, credit to the Roosters, um, reading the room. They, they had a good win that night uh, despite the injuries and they didn't celebrate it, thus uh, how big of a moment it was. And, uh, yeah, Brett Morris's career pretty much confirmed to be over.
1: Mm. Such a, such a yeah, sad way to end the podcast this week, but we well, wish Brett all the best in what, what comes next. In his rugby league world, I know he wants to go on to do some coaching, is what is tipped to be his next step. So whatever happens next, I hope you uh, wish you the best in life after footy, um, and yeah, you'll be missed. And we yeah, absolutely we had a, uh, an honour to actually have you representing the Bulldogs for those years when you're at the club. Get on to us on social media, like we said, we had Dale Halligan this week on the on the podcast. I want to say this again. This is sadly that you couldn't be there, but I had too much fun with Dal Halligan. What a episode it was! So much great stories, very honest, uh, and so much fun to record with him. It was definitely a highlight of doing the podcast. So uh, you know, you know, get us to us on social media. What uh, what you want to hear on our podcast, or if you need anything, give us a tweet at NRL Bulldogs fans. That's the same with our Instagram at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans facebook nrl bulldogs fans podcast and also you can give us an email at nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com